Welcome to the Measure Success Podcast, where we feature top leaders on how they measure success in their business and life. Now, let's learn from their experiences. Carl J. Cox here. I'm the host of the Measure Success Podcast, where I talk with top leaders about effective strategies that inspire success. This episode is brought to you by 40 Strategy. 40 Strategy is built to make strategy work for small to medium-sized businesses by designing world-class strategic plans, but more importantly, getting them done. Go to 40strategy.com to learn more. We're also really excited to say that we have just recently launched our Captain Strategy course, which enables us to actually work with multiple people at the same time. To learn more about that course and how you can learn about the seven key principles to create your strategic plan and do it the right way, go to 40strategy.com. We like to do shout outs often, and that's to Sally Curtis, our friend from down under in Australia, for the referral to our current guest for our show, Aaron Marcus. Aaron is the founder and CEO of Conquer Your Business, an international company helping driving entrepreneurs and small business owners get the financial and emotional freedom they need to build a business and a life that they're proud of. She made the successful leap herself from corporate executive to entrepreneur. And she uses that experience along with her MBA, education, and street smarts to help her clients reach heights they never dreamed possible. And the other fun part is she has fun. You'll see that today. She is also an international speaker and the host of Connect Ready Yet podcast. Erin, welcome to the Measures podcast. Thank you. Thank you. I am so excited to be here. Like we were saying, have to eventually hit record because we could go on forever. This is awesome. Yeah, this has been a problem. We literally will have a shorter podcast today because we've been having so much fun in our prep (laughs) conversations and talking about snow and the economy and politics and TikTok and the changing the world guard. But before we get into that, why don't you go a little bit deeper into your business, describe a little bit more what you do with businesses, with organizations, helping executives figure out, hey, I I actually want to have my own business. I actually want to do this thing. Sure. Awesome. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. What I focus on is building the brand and scaling strategy, which is why I love what you do, that ends up creating multiple six, seven, multiple seven figure businesses. And I I put the emphasis on strategy because you're going to totally get this. The thing I rail against, you know, sometimes when people ask you, what do you do? Sometimes it's easier to tell them what you don't do. The thing I rail against are these one size fits all tactics that don't work, not because the tactic is bad, by the way, tactics, fine, nothing wrong with it, but they're selling it to people whose businesses aren't ready for it. Because if you don't have your strategies massively, massively dialed in, you don't know what tactic to pick. So what I love doing is reverse engineering the plan. Reverse engineer the entire thing of what do we want to create? How do we want to make people feel in that process? And then make sure that your marketing, your offers, your delivery of those offers, your services, everything you do is pointing towards that outcome of what do you want them to achieve and what do you want your clients to feel in the process? And then we pick the tactics based on your unique goal, your unique strengths, right? Because the other downside of these one-size-fits-all tactics is when they don't work for 
you, not only do you feel like you wasted your money, but now you feel like a failure because how come everyone else is making it work when the truth is nobody else is making it work? I think these are great insights. And, and I really appreciate the concept of tailoring it properly to the stage of where that person or that business is at. Oh, absolutely. You know, it, it's, it's, we, we, we believe in that as well. It, it's where we like to say it, we're principle-based, right? Not tactic-based. Yes. Significant key difference, because if it's principles, then you could identify once again, what are the right tactics to deploy with the key strategies, of course, all right, and how you're going to ultimately get it done. But you can have two businesses sitting right side by side next to each other, selling the same thing, and they need to have a different strategy. Right? It totally, totally. And the truth of the matter is, and I, and I, I say this, and I, I feel so strongly in it, and at the same time, I also want to make it very, very, very clear that I'm not against any of the tactics. The people who teach those tactics are actually doing the thing they're supposed to do. They are marketing properly. Hopefully, we're going to just stick with the high integrity people. We're not going to go into the, you know, the lying people. Forget that for a minute. But even if they're of high integrity, it's actually easier. And this will kind of bring in our previous conversation. It's actually easier to sell a tactic because it's right. It's so outcome based. Yeah. What you and I do that nobody wants to buy, we sell hard work, right? Like nobody wants to buy that. Everybody, and this is going back to our earlier conversation. This is a generational thing. This is instant gratification brought about by the way we use media now. We don't have to make people wrong and bad and evil to understand that neuroscience and the way we've been taught to think are now affecting the way we think. So rather than make them wrong or bad, because that's just victimized, you know, oh, poor me, they're bad and I can't do anything about it. What you and I are trying to do is to sell the hard work that those of us of a certain age thought was normal back in the day. Yeah. And and so that that I think leads us to, we'll go a bit current events, right? So in two, we'll, we'll throw out the years, right? In 2023, in the beginning half of this year, large corporations have done layoffs that we haven't seen since back in 2008 and 2009. And and people think, if we think about this, you could be as old as 35, 36. You didn't even experience it directly. You have to be in your 40s to actually have been working in it. And then in your mid 40s, potentially be managing it. Right. Yeah, I was, so full disclosure, because I don't care. I'll be 53 on Sunday. And so I was... 30 years old, 31, 32. So I was at the beginning stages of the, what should be the growth of my career when the bottom fell out. Right. And came through it, you know, it was an interesting process, but what worries me now and what worries me, what I watch now is how much faster the cycles go. Because I remember the dot-com boom. I was in commercial real estate during the dot-com boom. So that would have been what, 96? And so it was a good 12 years later that we had the bottom fallout in that recession. But what 
boggles my mind that's happening now is, and you can, you can definitely say that 2020 was a rough year, but financially people got through it because even though there was a fair amount of people who were basically on an income hiatus because their jobs got shut down, the government printed money and gave it to us. And it was relatively short term. And then the world just burst open because even though so many people income went away, so did any ability to spend money on anything. <laughs> like you're in, you couldn't go anywhere, right? You couldn't right, go anywhere. Right. So what were you spending? So we literally went from here, take my money. You don't even have to have a job. Places couldn't find, like, how did we go from large companies saying it's impossible to find employees to like six, eight, nine months later, huge layoffs that fast. That's right. Yeah. Now it's, 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 right. Yeah, it really is. And so I want to talk in in, in two halves a bit in terms of those who are quote unquote in our generation, right. Who have seen a few recessions beforehand and perhaps there's that person in corporate that's been shocked, right. They may, may have been with their 20, 25 years, perhaps maybe it's been 10 years solid, they found themselves, they're really good. So once again, differences in beforehand when anybody could get a job, there are some really high quality people that are on the market now, but they're asking, right, right. For us small business owners, this is an opportunity that you have been waiting for. Yes, exactly. So the question is, let's, let's talk about that person who are there. They've been used to a steady paycheck year in, year out, right? They probably may, may have a family at this point in time that they're supporting, right? So it's scary. When you're talking with somebody who is, maybe they've already started early stages because they had some severance and they kind of put out their, you know, they're out there, right? They're on the market, they got a little website and they're like, hey, I'm doing something. And perhaps they had a friend or two and they got a little bit of business and they got started. But they don't know what to do next, but they have what I'd call experience and work ethic, so to speak, right? Yeah. Okay. So how, what is the major obstacles and helping them to take one of these strategies you might be working with and, and to actually be successful with it? So what do they struggle with? So the, the biggest thing they struggle with, how do I know this, right? It has to be full transparency. Ask me how I know, is... The realization that no matter how successful, and I will just use myself as an example, I was very successful in corporate. I got promotions, I got accolades, I got trips to Alaska, I got you know presents, I was given ownership shares and became a minority owner in the company. Yay, Aaron, right? Oh, you're so great, you're so great. And what the horror that you realize when you leave corporate is you were actually so amazingly great on a very narrowly defined path that somebody else created. It doesn't mean you're not smart and it doesn't mean you can't figure it out, but what ends up happening is that is a shock to the system most people didn't see coming because all of a sudden you're alone. There's no bumpers in your gutters. The wheels are off the bus, right? Like, cause you don't know what to do. And the smartest move I made was to find somebody who did know how to do it right? Find the mentor who already been through it, who already knows how to do it, 
number one. And number two, understand that, and this was a very big surprise to me, the mindset work of who I had to be outweighed what I had to do in the beginning. Like, So give like, an example of that. What does that mean? The, the thing that you learn in corporate, every there's two things. I'll start here. The two things that you learn by having a really, really good job, C-suite level, corporate level job that you want to keep with you as a small business owner, work ethic and delegation. We know how to work. We we know how to work all week long, all day long. Most people coming out of high level corporate are not the people who suddenly are doing the laundry and watching TV instead of doing work. Like that's not a thing. The, also, the idea of delegation. I, I watch so many entrepreneurs, new business, small business owners, try to do all the things, and I liken it to say, well. Back in corporate, if I would have taken the elevator to the fourth floor and started to log into the system and decide I was going to fix the network and the website, I would have been, you know, chased out of there with pitchforks and torches. Why would I do that now? Right. Why am I suddenly thinking I should learn how to make a website and do all these other things? So delegation and work ethic, keep those. The problem that we run into is corporate teaches us to be risk adverse. Corporate teaches us to make sure we have every I dotted, every T crossed, don't make a move without months and months and months and months of prep and planning. And small businesses are successful by testing in the marketplace, not by testing in a lab. We test in the marketplace. Otherwise, we spend all of our time and energy creating something that we don't know if somebody else wants in a way that we don't know if somebody else wants to receive it. And it just, it doesn't work because as a small business owner, you don't have the reserves, you don't have the time, you don't have the line of credit at the bank to pay payroll. Like you don't have four people who can cover for each other in case one is sick and one goes, we don't have any of the safety net that, right, the redundancy the massive, massive financial and people talent, sorry, journalism degree just totally escaped me right there. It totally fails me. But we don't have the financial and the talent redundancy that is built in a corporate. And so since we don't have that, we have to have a much faster pace on failure. Mm. And I love calling it failure because for me, it makes it fun. Let's just call it what it is. I tried five things. Nobody wanted to buy any of them, but I have more data than I've ever, ever, ever had before on how to build the most amazing sixth thing. Corporate would go out of business in that model. But for an, so right. So it's this mixture of find the person who has the path so that truthfully, you don't fall victim to the bright, shiny tactic if, if you and I haven't been emphatic enough about how we feel about that, but also so that you can learn a different approach to market cycle that has a higher rate of return, right? A higher, faster return on your investment. Okay, so now, this has been good. That was good stuff. So now I'm curious from your experiences are those under 35, right? Okay. If they've decided to have family, it's, they most likely would have very young kids, right? If they did decide to go down that path, 
which is scary, right? Because here you have now small kids to feed if they're in that stage at all. What challenge do you see, if you may, the younger generation when they're coming out for the first time and trying to, because I think the different, let me just, but some of the things that they see is quote unquote, the TikTok millionaires, right? Or they, they see, they see this um, Instagram millionaire. And and so I think there's this belief. Yeah, they can do it, right? There's a belief that I can do it. It's just lovely. Like it's great, but what do they struggle with when they actually get into reality? So the two, there's two things that I see most of all. Number one is exactly what you're saying. They don't see the work that went into it. And as much as there's just as much now, thank God, media and attention given to the lie that is Instagram, the lie that is the Kardashians, right? The, the, like, people can't look like that their pictures like that's not how that works uh, we have organs they get in the way <laughs> you know I mean? that's not how that works i mean they don't even look like that and they're they're transparent about it by the way they're transparent about it they've stopped lying about it and as much as they're aware of that the way our brain works is we forget that in the moment when we're seeing it so they're not seeing the work that goes into it i i joke around about click funnels by the way and by i mean he's right He's got a great system. It was the first to market. It's amazing what it did for those of us who could use it. And they talk about, I sent one email and I made a million dollars. Well, that's probably true. But you also sent a million emails and made zero dollars and you forgot to tell them about that part. So we believe the Instagram lie and they're not used to, not because, again, not because they're wrong and not because they're bad. They're not used to the amount of work that goes into creating a real thing. They've just never been exposed to it. And the other thing that we've done, and I take my, I, t- I make myself blameless because I don't have kids. The other complete miss, you know, what we've done to this next generation because they did not raise themselves. They don't know how to talk to other human beings. Mm. Money, wow. right? High ticket, right? When you're starting a business, take consultants because that's a great business. I know how to do this thing. I'm going to go help other people do this thing. The consultancy business You'll run out of time, you'll run out of money if you start the way the Instagram people will have you thinking, oh, I need a $7 tripwire and then I need a $47 cord. You're going to run out of money. You are going to run out of money before you get your client avatar dialed in and your messaging dialed in. Like there's no such thing as build it and they will come. There is a whole, whole, whole lot of work. The model works, but do you have enough time and energy to wait for it to work, right? So you have to start with higher level clients so that you don't run out of time and money and you can feed these children that you've chosen to have. But nobody buys things for multiple thousands of dollars without talking to another person. So I love what you said there. I I was with a great company and I won't, I won't, I don't want to disclose it, but the, the, one of the founders, their key thing, what they wanted was, I just want a button where people will buy it. Yeah, don't, it, dude, everyone wants that. <laughs> that would be awesome. I would love that. <laughs> but I also know that's completely delusional. Like, that would be fantastic. I also want it to, I also want to live where I live in Chicago, not have snow, no more cold day. Like, I want all sorts of things that don't exist. 
And, and so what I appreciate your reaction to that, because that is, I think, a common thing with, with the younger gener- generation is I just want to click it. I just want to sell something to click and not talk to any human beings. And it's like high ticket items that are going to create real value in the world, you know, is, is, and once again, we, we got it. There's always exceptions, right? You and I both know this, but, but overall you have to be creating value. Well, and can I jump in here? Cause I just had this conversation with somebody. I, I have a new client. He's 71 years old. He's so, so brilliant. I love him. And I'm very excited about what he's doing. And he had originally bought into this idea that he had to learn how to be a digital marketer, which he hates, which he doesn't need to learn how to do, by the way. And what I finally said to him, and I would say this to anyone who is going into business and wants that model, because most, most people, well, like we go into business, like attracts like, you and I get along very well. So I'm going to assume most of your listeners, your audience wants to make a difference. They want to help people. They're not what we used to call boiler room people, right? Like they want to make a difference. They want to have an impact. So let's flip it for a second. Let's flip it for a second because that's how they feel. That's their come from energy. On one hand, you think you can make the million dollars with a $47 click a button. But the truth of the matter is, if you want to be completely altruistic about it, that model doesn't help your clients. You can't solve their problem that way. You went in a business to be of service. Go be of service. Don't try to take some lame path that sells them one more PDF about how to do. I mean, look at you right now. You've got an amazing group of books behind you. There is no new information available. They can't, don't be the guy or the girl, I'm old, and I grew up in Chicago, it's all guys. Hey, you guys. If I talk really fast, the S comes after the U, and it's U's guys, if I get real excited. But don't be the guy that just adds one more how to do something, or I'm sorry, what to do, without helping people know how to do something. We all know what to do. We can Google it. We can Google what to do anywhere. Value comes in how to do it. And that's not $47. And that's not press a button, get a thing, never talk to a person. So how do you, measure when you're working with your clients, how do you measure success with them? Oh my gosh. It's, you know what? That's a great question because it's kind of different for everybody because the first thing we, because everything we do is reverse engineered, it can mean different things to different people. So success is not dollar amounts. It's optimized opportunity, optimized lifestyle, optimized financial, optimized impact. Like how do we create a situation going back to my new client? He's 71. He doesn't want to work 60 hours a week. He also doesn't need to make a million dollars, but he's driven to have an impact. He is driven to have an impact and he would like to be paid correctly for the impact that he can have. So Maybe that's $100,000 in three clients a year. But if he's happy and his wife is happy because he's not working 60 hours a week, then that's freaking success. Right. My version of success. So the tagline for my business, as I, you know, get, you get me all riled up, is be in charge, take action, get results. Because my bottom line is be in charge, make the decisions for you so that you don't give away that power 
to people who are not vested in you. So my definition of success is being in that position where I decide what I want and I do the work to create it, period, hard stop. Love it. Okay, so we're going to go into... There's so much more I want to go into with you, but, but of course, time is going to limit us. We can do like and, four and, more of these. We'll be fine. Yeah. So <laughs> but let's let's talk through. I'm curious about yourself. You have an interesting background from weightlifting, being the daughter weird. of a police officer. It can be weird. <laughs> yeah, no, you have some you have some cool stuff that you've done that's really interesting. What habits do you do today to help keep yourself performing at your highest level? Two things, two, two things. Number one, I absolutely believe that the only thing that can derail you from growing your business, from doing the thing you want is the, is yours, your health or the health of a loved one. You, right. Because there can be a natural disaster and you, like there could be a hurricane. And as long as you got out of the way, you could come to your daughters in Chicago and get on the internet and do what you, right. You can work around that. You're down for a day, you're down for a week, but you're not down, down, down. Health, down, 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 right? If So you have to take care of yourself. You cannot create the business of your dreams from ill health. So that just in general, and for me personally, sleep is the number one. You, it, your mental acuity leaks without water and sleep and movement of some sort. You don't have to do the powerlifting, the bodybuilding, and the crazy things I used to do. I don't do them anymore. I got old. Right. So taking care of your health. And the other thing is the mindset work. It's horrifyingly easy, especially nowadays, when we are immersed in negative content. The news was always negative. The news always had a negative bias because humans' brains have a negative bias. But we are now immersed. You can't get away from it. And so it's very, very precariously, you know, you can lose your grip on that. So I have a morning routine. It's not anywhere near all of the fancy people who say, you know, when your brainwaves are this, you have to think your affirmations. And I'm like, when are my brainwaves like that? And they're like, well, it's, it's, you're awake, but your eyes aren't open. I'm like, well, then how do you know you're awake? If your eyes are like, that's how I know I'm awake. So I don't buy into all that. My daily routine, my morning routine, I call it, I set my stage. I set my stage. I do it with coffee and dogs during the commercials of NCIS Los Angeles in the morning at like 5.30. So it's coffee, dogs, senseless violence, and LL Cool J. That's how I do it, right? <laughs> Whatever. No way. That <laughs> is, that is, wow. I mean, you've like combined like four different genres into one morning. That's awesome. That's my world. But what I do is I go back through my vision. I go back through my goals. I go back through the things that I need to remember. And I, I, I call it setting my stage because I do it every day because we make, I know they studied this and it's either 3,000 or 30,000 or 3 million or some ridiculous number of decisions we make every day. If I don't remind myself what the outcome is that I'm trying to achieve, I'm not going to be able to make those decisions the way I should because our, right? Because our minds run away with us. It's just neuroscience, right? Our, the doom and gloom sets in, the stress sets in, the news sets in, and we make 
not bad, but not as good a decision as we might have made if we don't set our stage. So it's taking care of your health and then setting your stage in some way, whatever way works for you. We've heard about mine. Setting my stage in some way every day to remind me what it is that I want and why am I doing what I'm doing. So then going to, so how are you measuring success now in your personal life? How am I? Well, I met, because when we get off this recording, I get to go play outside because the weather finally shifted. Am I getting to do what I want to do? I, I, I say I'm such a control freak that never tells anyone else what to do. I'm a control freak over me. I want to be able to do what I want to do when I want to do it. That's it. And right now we bought a new house this summer. It's immersed in nature. We're on an acre and a half wooded lot. The weather finally changed in Chicago. I can hear the leaf blower. There's someone out there, right? So I want to go do, right? I want to partake in the activities. I don't care if they're expensive activities or cheap. Another perfect example. So my birthday is on Sunday. And my boyfriend is like, oh, we can go here for dinner. We can go here for dinner. And I'm looking at him going, I don't need to spend $250 on dinner. Can we take that money? The tree store just opened up. I need rocks. I need river rocks. Like getting to do what I want to do. No judgment. No worry. That's it. That's good. That's good. No, I appreciate, appreciate both parts of what you said there. That's tremendous. Okay. So a book that has earlier, well, it could be something you recently read, but perhaps it was a long time ago. Sure. What is a book that really impacted you that you want to share with others? Yeah. One of the books that I'll do an early on one was Jen Sincero, You're a Badass at Making Money. Because her approach to writing is much like my approach to speaking. It's just out there. You know, she's not as sweary in her book. And I don't think I've sworn on your stage yet today. So I think we're doing okay. You've done a great (laughs) job. I know you wanted to, but you like, you held back. I mean, not that that we don't have swear words on this, but you did a great job. Not okay. But it was just very direct. And it was one of the more fun versions of money mindset because I, you know, I grew up in Chicago. I went to Chicago public schools in the 70s and 80s. My dad was a cop. I was massively, no hesitation, a total juvenile delinquent. Like, I'm not fluffy. I'm not fluffy. I don't ease and grace. And those are very nice words. And I don't get it. Like, so I needed something much more my style to break through my noise and say, no, you can have those theories and learn how to apply them to you in a way that's more organic to you. And so that had a very big impact. Plus I got to meet her a couple of times and hear a little bit more in depth of her story and how she backed that up, which was. It is a great book. And I have read that one. It is is absolutely fantastic. The horses and the goats. I lost it with the goats. That was it. I was done. That is exactly. I, am I being a goat today? That's all I asked myself. That's my litmus test. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, Aaron, how can people connect and learn more about you? Awesome. We make it really easy. It's all in one spot. You just go to conqueryourbusiness.com. Every way to connect, every way to know what we have going on, finding my podcasts, it's all right there at conqueryourbusiness.com. 
That's fantastic. Aaron, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you on the Measure Success podcast today. Thank you so much. I, You know I love talking to you. It's awesome. Uh, it's been a real treat. Uh, but I wish we could share all the other conversations we've been having. <laughs> it's been absolutely fantastic. Our own show. <laughs> Our own That's show. Right. Carl and Aaron go Right, we can call Carol and Aaron ranting about things. <laughs> That's right. It's too much fun. What, what did one of these days? Like, we're just gonna have I, that'd be fun. That'd be fun to like do the pre and the post. You know, like oh yeah, we should, just, we should just, just, just have it just recorded, like a B roll, right? Like right. There we go. Yes. That'd be super fun. Well, to <laughs> everyone else is listening, thank you so much for being a fan of the Measure podcast. I encourage you to go out and. Aaron's doing great stuff out there in the marketplace and really helping a difference with, with entrepreneurs and small businesses, helping them to figure out their value and then helping to derive that value into something that they, they you can ultimately make a difference with. Awesome. So I encourage you to do that. And of course, as always, wishing you the very best at measuring your success. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Measure Success Podcast. We'll see you again next time to learn from the best. Remember to subscribe now to get future episodes.